Greetings and welcome to Dead for Filth. I'm your host, Michael Verratti, and this is the podcast for all things queer horror and beyond. On this week's episode, we're doing something usually reserved for superhero franchises and family sitcoms. We're having a crossover. I'm excited to be joined today by the co-hosts of the new podcast series, We're Not Together, which takes a weekly deep dive into the taboo topics of queer culture. Beyond their show, each of these individuals have made an impact on horror and queer culture as creators of content for the screen. He recently made a splash on the festival circuit with the frightfully funny We Got a Monkey's Paw, and she's the filmmaker behind the award-winning Les Honest. Here they are together, but they're not. Please welcome Zach Ogle and Haley Manrique. That was amazing. Thank you. Wow. I'm glad you said that we're not together a couple times because I really need to I need people to know that. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're all about like driving at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but you are together here tonight to join us for yeah. a crossover, so that's fun. Despite us saying we're not together, we are very often together. Pretty much, like, I mean, you, you live essentially down the street from me. We work in the same building on the same show. We're basically gym buddies all the time. And, like, we're, you're just at my house every weekend. Yeah, and I'm all, I am was flirting with your girlfriend earlier. He was. He was <laughs> wow. Yeah, he was flirting with my girlfriend earlier, and he was posing as me. Through the Instagram. Through our Instagram. <laughs> no, I love the idea. She loved it. I love the idea of a podcast crossover. I mean, I'm sure they happen all the time just when, like, different guests go to different shows. Yeah. But this is sort of like a more full-fledged thing. We're label mates because we're both on Reverie. Which is uh, nice. And it's yeah. also having you both here to kind of do what you do, to uh, also witness what I do and, and bring it all together. It kind of makes me think of, like, when the Golden Girls and Empty Nest and Nurses crossed over for that hurricane. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, it's 100% Almost like that. entirely. Yeah. Yeah, but I've... a little less gay. Oh, Maybe uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> we do need to have a crossover episode title, though. And I was thinking about this, and I think it's either got to be Dead Together okay, or We're Not Filth. Like, my vote would be Dead Together. Because we are filth. Because we're pretty filth. Yeah. Agreed. I yeah. third that, yeah. Horrible garbage Easy. people. Look at that. Well, <laughs> digging into that, why don't we kick the show off the same way I start every show with the same first question I ask every guest, and it is simply this. Why horror? And I'd like to hear from you both on this, but you can interpret that however you want. Why does horror as a genre appeal to you? Why do you think uh, there is a draw to the world at large? But why horror? Do you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this and I was thinking about horror, horror movies, because I knew I was going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't just kidnapped and thrown in for this microphone. I was. I knew I was going to be here. And, um, <laughs> you know, if, if you would have asked me what my least favorite genre is I would have said horror but then I would have totally been wrong because my favorite movie of all time is Jaws right and like close second and third is Alien and like Predator the birds too and the birds I love the birds like so it's like I think what I associate with horror is like the slasher which is something I don't like but it really is like all these other things it's like thriller and suspense and all that other stuff um but I think what appeals to me about horror is very often there's a moment where there's a woman who is not listened to by a man and then she gets her told you so moment, which mm-hmm. is so nice. It's so nice because that never happens. Yeah. Well, horror is definitely a genre of comeuppance, like where if you are in the world existing as someone who is othered in any way, there is a catharsis to going to a horror movie and seeing, I always say it's the Friday the 13th effect, where like all of these kids who are uh, the popular jocks, cheerleaders, like the most obnoxious kids that would normally bully the, the outsider, they always get theirs. And then we get to kind of like, witness that through the screen uh it's probably because no jocks has ever written a horror movie well that we know of. that we know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it is it's like it takes the horror like takes the world and like you know flips it over on its head so like all these like characters i guess that that like character tropes or whatever are Mm -hmm. also like it gives them the nerds or the or women who in society are you know othered also gives them a chance to like kind of rise to the occasion i guess or in my opinion like show be able to show these traits that they actually already have, but because the fucking white man. Mm. <laughs> well, before, before we get to Zach's answer, Haley, you really brought up something that I think is uh, very crucial to a lot of discussions that we have here on Dead for Filth, and that's the fact that uh, horror tends to culturally evoke specific imagery. And I talk about this all the time when you are out in the world and you're like, oh, uh, I write horror movies or I love horror movies. There's always this reaction from a certain group of people who are like, I'm not really into those. Like, or I don't like horror movies. And as audience members of, our, of this show have heard me say many times, that just by sheer, you know, 
definition can't be true because mm-hmm. horror is an entire genre. Yep. Yep. And the, that genre has like many tendrils and many faces. And so I think that anytime people say they don't like it, they tend to think of it as this like gore-laden, saw, slasher movie thing, which those those films have their place. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there once you start peeling back the layers and you realize that Jaws is a horror movie or Alien is a horror movie or Silence of the Lambs, which won mm-hmm. Best Picture. Exactly. There's a lot of places that horror can go, both psychological and cultural. And uh, that's really what this show is all about, is, is mm-hmm. to point out this is this is the foundations of so much. Yeah. I was guilty of that, too. And also, it's like it's kind of like the, the people who say, I don't like country music. Right. And it's like, well, you don't like, you know, this one super like country song or this idea that it's about a, a truck or a dog or drinking or something like oh. that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure every uh, gay person has heard, well, I don't really love musicals. You right. Know? Yeah. And same thing. There's just it's a you're covering a wide. It's just there's so many types of horror movies, and um, I think every it, a big problem is everybody just thinks of like that. Oh, another like Freddy or Jason like slasher flick where the slut dies or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, great. So how about you, Zach? Why horror? Um, I I also yeah obviously thinking about this today too. Um, I got into it I think out of kind of a. Uh, grim curiosity i think that's mm-hmm. kind of what i get out of like you know things that i consider good good horror um i started reading horror at a young age like you know i think a lot of people got into goosebumps really early on right. and it kind of felt like oh am i getting away for with something by reading this and i love those choose your own adventure that feeling of like i'm you know i'm causing my own fate and th- i'm doing this to myself or whatever um uh, and then got more into, um, you know, Southern Gothic horror as it went on. And I loved those, like a Rose for Emily, um, those, you know, uh, Ray Bradbury, like Monkey's Paw, you know, stuff like that, where it's just this morality sort of play being played out. And and this grim thing of this underlying, like, there's a stench coming from the house and we're going to open the door eventually, but let's, you know, build on this for a really long time and then finally see that weird, gross body. And I love that, that build. Right. Well, looking at your body of work, both as a writer and a filmmaker, I, you tend to return to horror themes a lot. Mm-hmm. Like even just looking at, uh, you know, some of the things you did before Monkey's Paw, Poltergeist, uh, <laughs> Death Has a Son. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> these these all seem to return to genre. So were you attracted to it pretty early on? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I love I, I re- tend to write comedy, but I Mm-hmm. almost exclusively now write like genre comedy and I think part of that has to do with just being really into like Doctor Who but right. um, I think like Cabin in the Woods was a huge influence um, just I, I love taking a standard just trope uh, or situation just flipping it over on its head um yeah, or just taking something that could be a really scary thing, like a, a haunting, and then make it stupid, like the ghost is bad and just jacks the guy off all night. That's <laughs> like that's essentially the plot. To is one that of a bad haunting? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, how rough is the you know the hand? That's yeah. true. Like if they haven't moisturized in a while, it could go really probably wrong. in a long while. They're a ghost, Michael. <laughs> right, but some ghosts are slimy. It depends how they died. All right, fair. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, so this is a question that I think is uh, would be one that I want to hear from both of you on. Uh, based on what you just said, you mm-hmm. tend to write in the world of horror comedy. Mm-hmm. And when this comes up, I always like to explore the fact that horror and comedy do have a very thin line between them. And what is it, as both of you seem to work in, in comedy a lot, what is it about that tenuous relationship between the two? Oop, yeah, I was going to say, well, I think uh, I think you already know this, but I am such a huge fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, that show saved my life, changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fun part with something like that, right, is, is again, because it's one of those, it's not only like very spooky and thrilling and scary, but it's also one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. Yeah. And I think what's fun about it is... Being is like almost a the re, the release of tension, right? Is and and to and so much of comedy is leading one way and then totally turning yeah, the other way. Yeah, playing with expectations and payoff. Yeah, yeah, and and so you can do that really well when you have kind of those two genres that seem to be opposing each other, but actually can really complement each other and be even funnier than a straight comedy because it's like you are taking that thing and just like totally turning it on its head. Well, and then because you're you're playing in a supernatural or just weird, goofy place with already strange rules, there's so many fun places to go and, and just to dig around and, and, and joke about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can... The, there are like horror tropes, like, that, like for example, vampires, right? We know certain rules about vampires. Mm-hmm. But then if you write like a vampire comedy... 
you can just throw in a new rule that no one's ever heard. Yeah, like like um like the whole garlic against vampires thing is just uh, Italian vampire propaganda to make humans taste better. Yeah, see? <laughs> You can just make up anything, yeah. and it, you can take all these established rules because there's even like established rules of comedy, right? Yeah. But you can kind of, when you have those two genres playing off each other, mm-hmm. you can really change the rules of both and make for something even funnier or even more scary. Sometimes or scary. Well, because yeah. also when you're not expecting it to be truly scary because it is a comedy, then it really hits when it is. Mm-hmm. I'm just always fascinated by how a fraction of a beat can make the difference. And mm-hmm. you've seen it where like sometimes a movie, if it's not directed uh, with a, a keen eye, mm-hmm. a moment that was meant to be scary, you end up laughing with your friends about in the room. Totally. Yeah. And sometimes I've watched movies that were meant to be played for humor and the, it like the beats just one second off and you're like, oh, I kind of feel really really bad yeah. for that person. Yeah. Exactly. And I just think that that's what's so powerful about these genres and why there's a kinship between them is that comedy can very quickly become horrifying <laughs> and something horrifying can very quickly become funny. Definitely. Yeah. I love me like a B, a good B movie horror, you know, I love just laughing at those. Um, yeah. That's yeah. But then sometimes it's like, was that on purpose <laughs> or right. was it a bad timing? Are they a genius? <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, you bring up Buffy, and of course, anytime it comes up on the show, I have to dig into it a little bit. Uh, And (laughs) Buffy has such a resonance with the queer Mm -hmm. audience. And uh, you said Buffy saved your life. And tell me about that. 100%. Yeah. I um, Well, I grew up in Tampa, Florida. And a lot of people don't see Florida as the South, but it really is, especially depending on who your parents are, Mm -hmm. you know. And I was, like, raised by these very Southern kind of right-wing parents and so when I was around 14 or 15 and started to realize like oh shit I'm gay I was like oh fuck you know this is like a death sentence you know what I mean and so a friend of mine actually because I wasn't I was a little young when Buffy did come out but a friend of mine had Buffy on DVDs and I went over to his house one day and he was watching the series finale the very I don't know if you know this Zach he was watching the series finale the very last episode of Buffy so Season seven, episode 22. And I just came in and he was like, oh, I'm watching this show. And I was like, oh, okay. Watched the last episode with him. I was like, oh, this is really good. But it sucked because I knew exactly how it ended. (laughs) Right. And then he gave it to me and um, because he was like, yeah, there's gay people in here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Fuck yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. because and you've talked about this on your show. Yes. Like when you're growing up and you're gay and especially back then, there was not a lot of queer content. And so anything you could get your hands on, you were like. Give it to me. Feed and then, it oh to man, me. if it's good on top of that. Right? Holy I, shit. So then I watched, I mean, I watched those DVDs. Like, I think I watched the entire series in like a week or two. Like, I just flew through them. Um, and it was so nice to see gay characters portrayed, you know, and, and in, a, in a way where it was like in Buffy, you know, your first gay character is Willow. Yeah. And there, there are obviously when she comes out, there's a little bit of talk of her being gay, but then the the rest of her story isn't really about her being gay. It's about her being a witch and her helping Buffy and all that. And then obviously there's some dramatic story B lines, right. B storylines with her romantic interests. But it was just really cool to see it. You know, when she came out, it was like Buffy was like, oh, you know, and her friends were like, oh, okay, now we got to continue to like fight these demons and shit. But that's cool, you know. And I think it was handled in such a deft way by the writing team and the actors on the show because, as you pointed out, uh, when Buffy was on the air, we did not have a lot of, of queer characters in general. And for Joss and company to handle Willow uh, coming out and then subsequently Willow and Tara's relationship in the manner that they did was so significant, I think, for mm-hmm. a gay audience because not only did Buffy accept it, they wrote it and crafted it in such a way that if you are a regular viewer of the show, no matter your sexual orientation, you really feel the connection between Willow and Tara and you're rooting Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. And it makes what happens subsequently to Tara later all the more devastating. And one of the things that I think is really important to the discussion of Tara that doesn't get discussed very often that I'm happy to talk about today because we're, 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 you know, on the subject is that in the grand scheme of the show uh the big bads all the great you know larger than life supernatural villains that exist uh the villain that ends up destroying the relationship between tara and willow is a man 
Mm-hmm. A misogynist. Uh, yeah, a misogynist mm-hmm. man. And, you know, you, when you look across, like, there's the first evil and glory and the master and all of these fictional characters. But for a queer audience, there's no evil scarier mm-hmm. than that. Yeah. And I think that they portrayed it in such a... F- powerful way i'm getting chills right now (laughs) but no you're so right i mean every single big bad every season is you know right yeah a vampire or second season also a vampire um a demon um you know a god right and then season six it's literally a guy well and that's the genius of it it, it, because even though the big bads are supposed to be the villains and who we're rooting against uh because they're so larger than life they're as other as we are Glory has identity, uh, you know, conflict. Mm-hmm. Adam is literally like the sum of the parts of like the, the people who, who are part of his community. Mm-hmm. It's this idea that like the villains represent otherness as well. But the true evil in the world is always going to be people. Right. And that to me is just like so shocking yeah. uh, and a, smart. Yeah, there's a camp to these these yeah. huge villains. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason why... Um, I don't know you like the like Pinhead is in uh, Hellraiser for a bit, yeah. But and you remember him a ton, but that he's not the villain of the piece. No, you know? it's 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 a guy. Yeah. It's just a bad guy, a there's, really terrible guy. Yeah, yeah. There's the, all the big bads, with the exception of Warren, um, are all in some way likable yeah. or at least uh, empathetic. And I did want to point out something because I I just thought of this. Um, this is how much of like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer lover I am. When Tara and Willow first get together in season four, episode nine, Hush. <laughs> season four, episode nine, Hush, is when they kind of first, that's when they first meet, right? Right. And then they start their relationship. The first time you ever see them kiss is season five, episode 20. I think it's, no, episode 10, The Body. Right. So it took. It's, in a way, it's like, wow, this show is so groundbreaking. But at the same time, it, because of it, it came out when it did, that you like, they were so hamstringed. Like, you never saw this couple who was together for so long kiss until this one episode. Meanwhile, it would have been totally fine if Buffy got a boyfriend that should kiss him in the next episode. Exactly. And I think yeah. this is the thing queer audiences don't realize is that for a long time, uh, we were just yearning for any content at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, I see. I'm excited that we got a chance to, to, yeah, to touch too. on that. Now, did you watch Buffy as well as that? Uh, no, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should. It's yeah, really. Fantastic. I know. I I used to catch it on the way to school, like for a bit while I was making lunch. But and I I remember like some. I think stuff from the first season. Like I loved the one where the teacher is a praying mantis and just oh, stuff yeah. like that. Or the one. Oh, there's the one that like that was I, the height of camp. There's yeah. the one where I thought about for a really long time. There's there's this one where Willow is like paralyzed and, and nobody can see her, and there's like this demon guy just yeah. slowly taking That's off pieces of her belly yeah seven. Oh okay. yeah that that one really messed me up for a bit yeah <laughs> well yeah. then this is a question for you since we just kind of went off on this like you know vision quest <laughs> sure. of like, imports of that do you recall the first time you really saw queer characters on television or when you really felt like you saw yourself reflected in the media that you were watching uh, that's a great question um <laughs> i i for one we weren't allowed to watch like Will and Grace at the house or that, not, I don't know if you're not allowed I didn't even know it was a show we were right. a friend's house you know um, <laughs> right. and there are no gay people on that show uh, Gunther no. who works at the oh, coffee shop Gunther Thank you. is into no Pepsi is not okay no Gunther is into uh, 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 Rachel and I, and then everybody just keeps t- telling him he's gay you he's know I think poor yeah. albino man <laughs> <laughs> You know what it is? It's like I develop crushes on baristas very easy. Mm. So like maybe I just always like... Proje- you were projecting. I Any, was projecting. Yeah. Anybody with an apron on, really. Well, anyone who gives me caffeine. <laughs> like, <I'm- laughs> um, this is... It's okay. I think the first time I think I really, really noticed it was um, Kurt from Glee. Okay. Um, which later, looking back, I'm like, that That's wasn't... That's so late. It wasn't, yeah, it just wasn't a great one. I was also a super late bloomer. I didn't realize I was mm-hmm. like... I didn't really realize I was gay until... Like really until college. Mm-hmm. And then before that, it was always like this fight in my head where I'm just like, this is stupid. This is like a phase. Stop looking at that. Uh, stop looking up the word blowjob on Google. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you just wrote it as one word. Yeah. What's, imp- 
That, do you like that's my takeaway yeah. of this? Yeah. yeah. Well, that way it could be like, well, that's the thing is it, it could, you could be, there could be a bunch of different photos and who sure. knows what's going to be on the other end of that dick. Maybe it's a guy, but other times right. it's going to be a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're uh, on so like page six and you're like, yeah. where are the where dudes? <laughs> no, if, I, if it happened, it was an accident. It wasn't my fault. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, but I think specifically that the single ladies episode was like really, it was actually like the first season is like pretty powerful and, and pretty great. But right. then the, um, there's this whole <laughs> weird thing where, Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we could do better than Kurt is what I'm trying to say. Um, but even like on other shows, like um, you were talking about, you know, uh, Buffy, you know, the the way late uh, like uh, gay kiss, like even mm-hmm. on shows like Modern Family, like a new show that like revels in the fact that look at it. It's so modern. We've got a gay couple. They didn't kiss until way later. and It's in the back of a scene, you know, right. like yeah. um, it's still a, an issue. I've been watching Will and Grace because mm-hmm. I, I felt I have never seen Will and Grace. So I started watching it just because I was like, let me just get familiar with it, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I'm on season three. And yeah, neither of the gay characters have ever kissed anyone yet. Which is crazy, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, see, America and parts there, <laughs> parts farther. Uh, what we have been dealing with. Yeah. Ugh. We are getting better, though. We are. We are getting better. Just seen more kisses on shows. Kissing is nice. Yeah. I'm excited for the teens of of today. <gasps> yeah. They're getting a lot of lot better. Get a lot more. A lot more, more smooching on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> So from the shows that, uh, you know, excited you with with the queer content to making queer content of your own, I want to talk a little bit about the creation of your podcast, but also just how uh, you both met and and uh, developed the show. Um, I especially love the idea that your show is all about taboo topics because, you know, from the idea of a ghost hand job into <laughs> mm-hmm. a podcast of your own. Yeah. That's that seems pretty taboo. Is a ghost hand job taboo? Is that not a normal fetish that everybody has? Is that just is that just yeah, me? Just <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. Okay. Look, if I had a job to get handed, right? you know, but I don't. So. Okay. Yeah. A lot of a lot of interesting thoughts there. Um <laughs> anyway, so uh Haley and I have known each other for seven years. How long? Longer. Longer. Almost a decade. Oh Eight no. Eight years, maybe. Eight years. Um uh we went to FSU together, uh mm-hmm. film program. She was a year ahead of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the old old bag. <laughs> um but yeah, we met in film school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we actually first became friends when we were both working on the same set, and I think I was um, first first, AC. first day seeing. This is second. all like I don't know. I don't know if all his listeners are in film though, but maybe not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they must have an interest. Camera right? team. We're on yeah. camera, camera team. team. Yeah. Right. And uh, we we had like a lot of free time together for some reason. So we were just bullshitting, and then we were like, oh, we've got a, a pretty good rapport. Yeah. And then I think we we came out here and we were just talking at a bar, and um, we Ye- just we. Mm-hmm. um i well i remember i wanted to talk to you we went to uh, tonga hut Mm -hmm. and i i had been wanting to do um just kind of anything that had a a lesbian character and a gay character who were friends because i realized i hadn't seen that um for some weird reason yeah you see a lot of like in tv and stuff and movies when you do get a gay character usually they're they're paired with their like if there's a lesbian like in masters of none right there's uh, the lesbian friend with the straight guy, and then of course you very often you see the gay man with the straight. Well, it's because we're yeah. so, so often like the buddies in shows and, and movies. Yeah, right. So and you can't have a main character who's not straight. So right. therefore, you can't have two gay characters ah, in a friend. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then this other idea that like gays and lesbians can't get along. Um, and so I also knew that if I was going to write that, I could write essentially I could write a half of that show. Right. Um, and I was just, and that's where I come in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but then we just started started talking, and I was asking her about her dating life, and she was asking about mine, and I realized like there was a lot more stuff that I thought I I knew, but I actually didn't at all. Same, yeah. And yeah. every episode, I'm still I'll say something that I'll go what, <laughs> but um, it's been really fun, mm-hmm. and so and. I do really love um, gay splaining to straight people. That's yes. always really fun. That's another element of the show is there's a straight person of the week who has no idea what we're talking about. Right. Um, and so they're there to be like, I'm sorry, what's a pup? Uh, can you yeah. go back a second? You know, I like to think we're doing some good yeah. educating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, was there anything that anyone has been like completely floored by yet? Oh, man. What is what's a hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, I, I think 
was there some animal maybe some animal kingdom I think stuff some that? some stuff about like I've had a lot of people even like gay like my friends like like message would be be like I think I'm a terrible gay because I don't know any of the terms you just said <laughs> right um yeah a lot of like animal kingdom or just even slang um some things people get wrong uh like I don't know simple thing like poppers party and play uh um zaddy uh what was it polar bear was a fun one that's mm-hmm. a pretty obvious one but it's pretty and then there's a lot of like lesbian misconceptions that people have that that are that I don't think anyone's like been floored by it, but it it does seem to come up a lot. Like a lot of people, and this is just stereotypes and different, but a lot of people think that lesbians are could be interested in a guy at some point. You yes, know, we've and had it's that like, a yeah. couple times. Yeah, that that is one thing that's come up. Yeah, well, that just speaks to a base misogyny in culture. Right, the idea that like no matter what your orientation, the lure of a man must be so powerful oh, that God. you must be. <laughs> drawn back at are you gonna point. have sex without a penis but there's no penis there's there. no penis <laughs> that's not a real penis that you got strapped <laughs> on you <laughs> i can tell <laughs> hey that's purple that's not real fool me once <laughs> fooled a few times on this mm-hmm. yeah we didn't really want to talk about it but yeah. since we're here oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um as the show goes on we also have other um queer guests on to talk about things that maybe we aren't you know, uh, not that we're experts, but we might not have, you know, some a little bit any expertise at all on. We have a uh, sex educator on the show. Right. Um, we have uh, one of our really very good bi friends on the show. Um, and we which have, comes with a whole new set of stereotypes. Of course. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then we've got some interesting. Uh, we have someone who recently came out. Yeah, that's my favorite one, I think. Yes, yeah, so that's yeah. a fun one because, you know, for us, it's been such a long time. And mm-hmm. I mean, we've we went through all those things or I went through all those things as a teenager. And like I can't imagine now going through all those things at this age, just that different experience. Right. Well, my other favorite thing that we got to talk about is like so every like, you know, coming out movie, Love, Simon, blah, 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 whatever. There always ends with like, well, I came out and that's it. But like, no, it's like so we get to talk about like, okay, I just came out. What next? Like, what does that mean now? Because usually it's the end of the movie, mm-hmm. but what mm-hmm. people don't realize is it's usually the beginning of the story. Right. Uh, you have overcome a hurdle, yes, but then there's a whole new world to claim and a mm-hmm. whole new community to connect with. And uh, one of the, the main goals of Dead for Filth when it was created uh, was to have different artists and creators and filmmakers and, and people in the space here every week to share their their journeys into this work. Uh, to showcase that there's no one way to creatively pursue your dreams Mm -hmm. and that if you want it, you can make it happen. And I know that especially for a lot of queer kids out there who feel like this all seems so far away, uh, how important that message would have been to me. And uh, what I think is really cool about your show, and it's a discussion that I think we in the LGBTQ community do not have enough, is that even though there are a lot of shared experiences with being queer, there's still so much that we as a community can learn from one another because it is very easy that once you come out and you enter your subsection of the community that if you are a gay man, you may only like really interact with gay men. So you only know what's going on with gay men. And then like even like a subset of that, like you need to interact with gay men who are like not just the same color as you. Right. Because then that's a whole other like discussion and things. But like gay men don't always know what's going on with lesbians and lesbians don't always know what's going on with gay men. And everyone needs to learn more from trans people and bi people and yeah. people who are mm-hmm. gender nonconforming. And everybody else has a story to tell and a journey that's so unique. And to have these discussions weekly and to ask these questions, I think, is so important. And I'm glad that you are doing that with your show because, I mean... Someone needs to, or at yeah. least get this conversation started. Right. Thanks, yeah. But that was one of our aims, too, was partly, like, you know, and I, I say this on the show all the time, like, just because we're gay people, queer people, doesn't mean that racism doesn't exist in this community, yeah. and that misogyny doesn't exist in this community, and transphobia doesn't mm-hmm. exist in this community. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, yeah, it's good to get all these different perspectives on the show, and I think that's one of the reasons, too, like, we kind of started out to having a straight of the week on the show, but then we did expand it a little bit to start having different perspectives because as much as we want to gay-splain to people, right, to straight right. people, there's stuff that we need to learn as well. Yeah, we want to do, we're planning on doing that more and more as we go on. Um, and eventually the straight of the week might just be a, 
you know, a distant memory <laughs> or, or just, you know, a Twitter feed that we just, you know, we pull from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's okay. Straight people. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> so really what I think I is interesting is, you know, in your mission statement, and I've brought it up a few times is the fact that you do address taboo topics, but do you find by pushing taboo topics, it really helps open the door to these larger discussions that we may not as a community have? I think so. And I think it like, I've always been a pretty open book. I, I don't have a whole lot of shame, <laughs> yeah. um, which is nice. Actually, I think it's like partly because, you know, I was raised by this family who's very conservative. But one thing they did o- always teach me is a lot of self-confidence. And I think a lot of women grow up with shame. Mm-hmm. And I think if I can be someone as an example Right. Of someone who isn't ashamed of my body. I'm not ashamed to talk about sex. Just, if I have a lot of sex, I'm not a slut. You know what I mean? I'm, right. I can do whatever I want mm-hmm. with my body as long as it's consenting and with adults, you know? So I think that's a that's one reason that I wanted to talk about all these taboo things. And like, look, we, we can strip all this bullshit of shame mm-hmm. away. Like That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, starting out as like gay already or questioning and then eventually coming out, you know, there's already so much ingrained shame there. Um, And to then, you know, be worried about like, are people going to not like me because of what I like or all these other things is so um, it's just counterproductive to your mental health. Yeah. and it's just good to like show like, no, this is this is good. Like, you know, let I, I like talking about it. I'm interested in this stuff. I think sex is fascinating. I think kinks are extremely fascinating. And I love hearing why people like certain things and what gets them off. Um, and I think one thing that I, I, coming out and and having a lot of straight friends, you don't always feel like you can participate in the conversations that they have about their relationships or their sex, at least in the early stages. Right. Um, you're just afraid of like how uncomfortable and gonna make them and honestly we're just kind of like fuck that yeah. i want to join the conversation i want to be like part of the table i'm sorry your girlfriend's not sucking off well, you know what we need to do eat her out buddy <laughs> yeah. like like and Trust. yeah and um yeah i just love doing that one yeah. great joy of uh basically being raised and and coming up and through the world of horror is that uh we're never really worried about making people uncomfortable. Because <laughs> people would be like, oh my God, blowjobs. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about meat hooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you feeling now? Yeah. Let's go back to blowjobs. Let's yeah. tear that face <laughs> off. Exactly. <laughs> I love me some body horror. Yeah, well, body horror definitely is something that I think uh, is very connected to uh, the queer community in a lot of ways. I was thinking about this today, actually. Be- because when you look at the history of body horror movies, I've brought up in a, cu- a couple episodes ago about how David Cronenberg's version of The Fly uh, runs parallel to the AIDS crisis in the 80s. But that's you know that's just one example. Like A lot of times, uh, body horror is all about how your body betrays you and this, this fear that you're going to be viewed differently and you mm-hmm. do not have control over what you consider to be the norm and uh, in a very different way uh, I think that there is a lot of parallels to people who are still coming to terms with who they are and this idea that like wait but I'm not this thing mm-hmm. or I don't want to be this thing but like my body's telling me otherwise and sort of uh, you know of course it's it's heightened for horror yeah. but the idea that maybe you, you can come around and embrace it I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, I, I would. Li- is there a version of the ending? Like, a, is there an ending of the fly that ends happy? Is there, <laughs> is there one of the like? That would be a good uh, a comedy body horror movie. Just something where like somebody, you know what? I like all the weird spirals and holes that are appearing on my body. Like, I look. Hot. I didn't need these fingernails. <laughs> 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 Well, uh, you said that you uh, really like the creative energy that comes from these sorts of discussions. Mm. And uh, spinning off of that, I want to talk to you both about some of the recent creations and things that you've created outside of the show. Uh, I want to hear first, Haley, about Lesbianists, <laughs> because I saw the title and I uh, am obsessed. I want to know about it. It's an award-winning short film that you wrote yeah. and directed, yes? Yeah, that was, a little, that was a little while ago. I'm in it. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a lot of my friends are in it. Um, yeah, you know, and again, like, much like a lot of horror and queer content, it was something I wanted to do. I really wanted to kind of, like, subvert uh, a narrative, mm-hmm. right? So... I kind of wanted to do, and we talk about, Zach and I talk about this all the time. The coming out story has been done, overdone, yes, burned, to dead, right. throw it out, mm-hmm. right? It's been done so much. And, you know, like uh, Zach said, 
the re- the the movie just starts for then. Right. But I did kind of want to do. I decided, you know what? I'll try my hand at a coming out story. Um, but I wanted to do something again to subvert it. Um, so it, the main character is actually straight, and just through a series of unfortunate events, um, <laughs> she becomes a, a lesbian icon and hero through a couple of <laughs> of misconceptions. Um, a snake is involved. A snake is involved. Some sucking out of venom is involved. Um, as you do. As you do. Yeah. Um, and uh, so basically, uh, all these wonderful things start happening because this lesbian uh, hero. And, and this is so funny, too, because this was at a time when gay marriage wasn't legal. Right. So this is an older movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so part of the one of the great things that happened is like, oh, the gay marriage is legal everywhere. But thanks to this lady. And she's like, oh, no. Like She's like, I'm straight, though. But <laughs> she can't tell anyone that because all these right. great things are happening. Um, so it is a coming out story. Eventually she does come out. Um, but at, as a straight person. Um, oh, so it's a, it's a little silly. It's it's yeah, it's a. It's a, it's all right. I haven't really directed. <laughs> I haven't really uh, directed anything in a while. Um, I'm definitely my strengths are more as a writer for sure. Writing a hand, a handful of pilots though. Yeah, writing yeah. a couple of pilots. Um, Zach and I are actually working on a animated thing Cartoon. right now. Yeah. Again, a very subvert, uh, subvert, <laughs> subvert. We got there. <laughs> that word. I love that you two work together so much. And before we get to uh, what I want to ask you about your recent project, you both work uh, on an MTV show right now as well, Mm -hmm. right? Correct. And and that's called Ridiculousness? Mm -hmm. Yep, Ridiculousness. I've been writing uh, uh, poo-poo pee-pee jokes for like five years now. (laughs) 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 But it is fun. That really is my wheelhouse. (laughs) Now, did you grow up with MTV? Um, Sort of, yeah. I I wasn't like a super... MTV. We talked about TRL a little bit. I did watch TRL every day after school. I used to watch the top twenty, uh, you know, music video countdown. Right. Yeah, but that's about it. Yeah. I used to love MTV, uh, but it took me a while. My mom was always way cooler than I was. I'm freely open to sharing this this fact about my <laughs> life. Uh, when I was in like late elementary school, junior high, my mom was like very into MTV. When she would get up and work out, she would watch it and she was like buying Nirvana albums and she was like... Oh, she is cool. Yeah, she's yeah. super awesome. And I remember like coming into the room once and there was like a Tool music video on and I'm like, this is horrifying. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want anything to do with this. And then like Spice Girls happened and I'm just like, <laughs> finally, they've opened the door for me. Yes. Like, I, um, you know, I really should have known really early on because I used to actually love the, the occasional episode of like next or room raiders where it was a gay person mm-hmm. and I don't know why like it, there was just this like fascination of like what is what is this happening right now without even knowing Man. why as trash as all dating shows are yeah. holy shit next oh, and room raiders were oh such especially juicy. especially next because there was the potential <laughs> for everyone in the bus to hook up <laughs> that's true you know I don't know that MTV gets enough credit for it but like I think they pushed the envelope with gay content way earlier than a lot of networks do and yeah. maybe I like I might just be uh, this might be a little before your time because I think I'm a little older than mm-hmm. both of you but do you remember a show called Undressed and it was like a late night soap opera but every now and then they'd have like a gay storyline where it's just like oh no my roommate's out of town and his brother's staying over <gasps> and now we're in love oh. yes. and, I, and I would just be like what is <laughs> I've seen something like that yeah. on Pornhub. Yeah. Yeah. They share a bunk bed or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like, I don't know that they ever actually get to the kissing, but <laughs> Look, yeah. we're, we're friends of Pornhub. Oh, I saw here. that on yeah. X Hamster, right? Yeah. <laughs> X Hamster? Yeah. Is, what site. is that? Okay. Because it sounds like a furry site. It does. No, it's, it's just no. pretty general. Okay. General porn. All right, got a new right. one. General got porn, enough. as in like army general. General porn. porn? <laughs> okay, sure. Got another or one. General porn because like it's all across the wheel. I get it. Yeah, oh, I get it. yeah. I, I don't like know. That. <laughs> uh, so, for uh, things that you can't see on Pornhub, Zach, tell me a little bit about. We got a monkey's paw. Right. <laughs> we haven't made the X-rated version yet. Yeah. Um, we got a monkey's dick. <laughs> um, Where'd uh, that monkey's? Where'd you put that monkey's paw? No. Uh, anyway, oh, that would be a better joke about a fisting joke. <laughs> um, uh, like I mentioned, I, I, I am really obsessed with uh, Southern Gothic, Ray Bradbury kind of morality tales, like, you know, the Ray Bradbury Presents. So mm-hmm. um, the whole short is about these um, roommates, and one of them, my character, oh, I, I also acted in it, I edited it. Um, uh, he collects just 
weird like voodoo like trinkets just stuff that has a, a doll with a soul attached to it like a devil's like uh music box just all this stuff um i just like the idea of somebody who has no worry about whether or not their soul's going to be sold or what like that's fine i right. don't believe in this i'm in it for like fun and right. profit um and and then the roommate who's just like maybe it was fun in the beginning and now it's just over it so right. um it starts with you know him trying to get like something going and then ends up you know abusing a monkey's paw and then after that one wish they're just backtracking the whole time um and it's it's just it's super fun there's a lot of nods to other you know horror films or classic like gothic stories and stuff like that yeah i've seen it it's amazing i'm a huge <laughs> fan of this it short. is great uh it is uh and it's definitely tearing up the festival circuit right now yeah we've been in like a dozen a baker's dozen uh film fest <laughs> oh we love a yeah. baker's dozen mm-hmm. we just won uh the jury award for best north american short at nevermore Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yay. Yeah, it's cool because Death Has a Son actually played at Nevermore like years ago, and that got uh, um, the jury award for best short as well as the audience award. So, yeah, it's kind of neat, I guess. Is that killing Full it? Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I'm hoping to get more out of it. Um, I, I wrote it with um, another one of my writing partners, Aaron Pagniano. Uh, he's fantastic. Um, we're, he's also he's amazing. Yeah, working on us with the, the cartoon. Um, but um, we are talking about doing like a pilot version of it, like a kind of Monster of the Week sort of show. So would every week you utilize a different item yes. from the collection? Yeah, sort of like, like that. Like if like think of Cabin in the Woods, except just each time it was, you know, if you got to use every single one of right. those toys. Yeah. Well, I know I know uh, you and your sense of humor, and I'm sure that it will be wholly unique. But I do, uh, for l- listeners with long memory, uh, and to to just bring this into your your world, uh, most people when they think of Friday the Thirteenth, they recall, uh, you know, obviously the eight film series plus the subsequent, you know, going to hell and going to space and all of that. Sure. <laughs> um, but what a lot of people of the new generation don't know is that for three glorious seasons on network television, there was also a Friday the Thirteenth TV series that has absolutely fuck all to do with the the franchise other than title. Mm -hmm. And what that show is about is a guy inherits an antique store from like his dead aunt or whatever. I don't remember like the actual relation. And he and like this hip lady who was briefly a pop star in the UK in real life, not the show. (laughs) (laughs) But how great would that have been? Great. Um, They uh, decide to sell like all of the items in the antique store to just kind of like get the money and get out because this is not the life he wants. And then like in the middle of the pilot, some old man shows up. He's like, what? why would you sell these things? They're all haunted. And so then they have to spend the course of the entire series trying to acquire the items back and like all the subsequent mysteries that pop up from that. It's basically like the 13 yeah. Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yes. But uh, <laughs> what I love about it is there's definitely an episode with a haunted like Amish Afghan. Like it's a comforter that's like a ghost. <laughs> Classic. Uh, and I think that the original Scary. intent was at some point uh, that they would uh, suggest that Jason's hockey mask was one of the items that uh, like led yeah. to that. If they had gotten to that season, yeah. But yeah, so that that's exactly the idea. Like think that, but just good, a, like a comedy. Like right. we're just we're just making fun of all those without things. a British pop star. Yes. Got it. Cool. Um, well, now that I'm thinking about it, it would be that much better if the ca- if the character in the show used to be a British pop star. Jackie's got the voice for it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That would be great. It's already okay. It's happening. <laughs> so I'm going to put this out here and I'm totally like spitballing this question. So this could be a careening disaster. Ooh. But um, so with that concept in mind, what is an item that you would uh, find on the shelf that is haunted that might be unusual? Um, we have there's uh, one that is a mirror that every time you look at it, there's a weeping bride behind you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a running gag. And I really want an episode where um, Zach, like my character, would um, who's named after me. Very um, <laughs> lazy, um, but just goes into the mirror to be um, passive aggressive over an argument in the house, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I love the idea that like I don't they they the like the parents are coming over or something and they're putting out like the nice china and then he she says that to him like wait no hold on wait what china like no no Jackie say my name three times quickly <laughs> like say my name three times like she has to get out of there um <laughs> stuff like that um. Oh, well, think, spinning off of that, yeah. a question for you both. Mm. So outside of the universe of the show, is there an item in your home that Ooh. is haunted? Definitely haunted. and Or like that could be haunted, and what is it and why? Mm. Shit. Um, you know, I don't 
I'm not much of a uh, trinket gal, and I think specifically for that reason, uh, I really like it's it's crazy. Like I really don't want to be haunted. You know right. what I mean? Like I want to be haunt not haunted so bad. Um, you know, I do have this. I, I'm trying to think of one of the oldest trinkets I have in my room. <laughs> I think it's a, like a wooden carved hang loose hand. That's like <laughs> oh. a hand in the shape of a hang loose symbol. Mm. And it does say hang loose on it. Um, I'm not sure where it came from. So that's the only reason I'm like, uh, maybe. You could be like haunted we, by the ghosts of like 80s surfers. Yeah. Which is why you don't know because they're probably never around. Where's my hand, they're probably dude? Just, you know, every <laughs> once in a while though, I do go into my pot stash and a little bit is missing every time. Oh my oh. God. The mystery uncovered. <laughs> and there's that's a little bit, good. there's always like a little bit of sand in my bed. <laughs> I um I have a panda suit. <laughs> From when I was working as a set decorator on Queen Mary's Dark Harbor. Okay. Um, they had, this was left over from their Christmas uh, thing and they were getting rid of it. And somebody was like, oh, Christmas, Christmas pandas. pandas. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. There was a big, like a, a toy room or something like right. that. And so there's a big panda suit. Um, and somebody was like, who wants this giant panda suit? And of course I go, that's dumb enough to not pass up. Uh, and, and then that's when the old man put his hand on your shoulder and said, don't take no. you don't want this <laughs> shut up old man <laughs> i'm gonna wear what i want but um it's i mean it's it's massive and i do end up i have used it in things before so it's come in handy but i keep it on a shelf in my closet and for some reason my closet doesn't quite close and so i can see the panda just like looking at me with its like you know hollow eyes uh while oh i God. sleep yeah what how? Okay. And it's while a, you sleep. Well, well, also, <laughs> right. And the, uh, Queen Mary obviously is like a very haunted boat. So, right. Yeah. What would you do if you were looking in that closet and that thing just started fucking moving? Oh, if like, because I keep the body in the head. So like the head would have, the body would have to like <laughs> slither out and then just kind of slump in. Oh, fuck. I would. This is everything I wanted out of this episode. Yeah. Oh, shit. That, that's actually a really cool effect that you should maybe utilize. That would be show. very cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, uh, in honor of having you both here and the spirit of your show, uh, I do want to ask real quick, uh, you know, you frequently talk about relationship issues and things. Uh, and before we head off into the next segment of Dead for Filth, um, and in honor of Valentine's Day, even though uh, this episode will air right after, hmm. um, is there a horror icon that you think would be great to be romantically involved with? Oh. Hmm. Mm. A horror icon. Yeah. You can interpret oh, that however you oh, like. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't... Maybe... Uh, let me know if... I'm going to spitball this by you and let me know if you think this is a horror icon, but uh-huh. possibly uh, Jared Padalecki from Supernatural. Oh, totally. All right, sure. I would climb him like a tree. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. And and it's like, obviously, he's fucking great looking, but anything yeah. about that character that particularly speaks to you? Um, I've always wanted to make my life as close to Scooby-Doo as possible, so I think that that <laughs> right. would help. Yeah. Oh, man, this list. I mean, well, I'll say, obviously, I'll say another one because this one's obviously too, mm. like, it's too obvious, but Willow. Sure. From Buffy. Because yeah. she, uh, I mean, she could protect me, mm. you know, um, except <laughs> against man, apparently. <laughs> right. But um, uh, other than that, uh, the... Uh, you know who my other one would be? Um, Ellen Ripley, for sure. Oh yeah. Because Ooh. Ooh. first of all, I would I would wow. be a lesbian for yeah. her. Would you climb sure. her like a tree as I well? I would climb her like a tree. <laughs> but you also, know- she she exhibits great uh, uh, motherly qualities, which I appreciate mm-hmm. um, because I do have a a dog daughter, mm-hmm. and you know the first movie she she literally she you know saves the cat. Yep. You know, Jonesy. Right away. So I, I really appreciate that, that. That she wouldn't leave my dog behind in an, in the event of an She emergency. also knows how to operate heavy machinery, which is hot. Yeah, you're going to need that if you're going to come into my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember reading this article, I think in Premiere Magazine back in the day, uh, that it was an absurd piece that suggested that the color of Ellen uh, Ripley's panties change per <laughs> movie to reflect... <laughs> Her, her evolution of character, like, so a, in the, like in the, a mood in, ring. Yeah, in the first movie, they're white <laughs> because she's they're still crisp. innocent, yeah. 
And in the second one, when it's like the military, they're gunmetal gray because mm. she's now become a warrior. And I think they're they're like black because she's given up all hope in like Alien 3 or whatever, which Whoa. I remember thinking how patently offensive this article was. Yeah. And yet, like, I was also like, I'm still invested in like one wondering what the logic is. You know, never thought about that. I guess... I guess you know what I'll have to do is just watch them all again and pay particular attention to. Has anybody paintings. talked to the costume designer? I'm sure that no one like really. I don't know who my just horror... whatever she was wearing that day. Or... <laughs> I don't know who my horror uh, romance would yeah, be. With. Yeah, you know, you keep asking us all these questions. What about you? Well, it's my show. Um, uh, but I would, uh, I would maybe Billy from Silent Night, Deadly Night, because one for listeners mm. who know, I also do a lot of Christmas movies. So like the balance of mm-hmm. horror and Christmas, he's like the sexiest slasher. Mm-hmm. Although you mentioned Pinhead earlier, and like follow me here, yeah, I think that could be a good time. I'm he already knows with his way you. around a box. No, I'm already with you. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I'm into some kinky stuff now. Sure, and, yeah, now and yeah. again, yeah. So obviously, no. He's kissing. got shuts, yeah. such sights to show you, or Michael. M- maybe lots of kissing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm, oh. I'm not mad at it. So speaking of things and segments uh, that are crossover appeal yeah uh mm. i know that you all like to do games on your shows and i hear zach has brought a game over to I ours did and oh, it's yeah. actually um it, it's a pretty great segue from your segment great um i have made a game uh <laughs> the um <laughs> the i emailed myself this list and it the uh, subject is horror sluts <laughs> um <laughs> oh my. that was just a joke that was just okay. for me but um <laughs> uh, oh, but basically, I'm going to give you a uh, a horror like villain or monster, and I want you to tell me what sort of queer person they are, uh, and that can mean whatever you want it to be. You can be like top or bottom, or you know they are a butch, whatever. But they are mm-hmm. uh, they are into kinky stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, this could yeah. get dicey, but okay, yeah, yeah. Dicey. Right. yeah. And I want you know first off the dome. Okay. okay. And I might jump in here. Are, so, okay. Are yeah. you going to just like tell, like, you're going to There's tell no it. wrong answer. No, but are you going to be like, are, Haley, this is for you? No, or this, you, I want this to be kind of general. Okay. General, okay. yeah, open right. discussion. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll feed off each other. Maybe we can help right. each exactly. other get, well, arrive. I want to, like, hear, like, somebody go in with, like, no, I'm for sure it's this, and then be convinced. You're right. Jason is a pillow queen. <laughs> um, J- sure, yeah. Jason is my first one, though. Jason Voorhees. Yes. Um, well, he's a mama's boy, mm-hmm. uh, oh, which yeah. I have, uh, you know, great respect for. Love your moms. Yeah. 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 Get on board. Uh, I think that Jason is a power bottom. Oh, he doesn't say much. He doesn't say yeah. much. But like, <laughs> I only say this because he like lived most yeah. of his life on the bottom of the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Convinced. And he's got power. He's got yeah. all that power. Yeah. See, I was going to say, say top, but kind of like... Yeah, like just because the body's tight. Here's where I would actually buy Jason's a top because, uh, <laughs> like, once he starts, uh, you can't stop him. Like he, like he is, he's like a relentless, <laughs> like you know, True. it's just gonna keep going. You know that, like, uh, I yeah. think all Jason really needs is a good cuddle though from like an authority figure. Yeah, like you're saying, he's Mama's a boy. Maybe he's, he's a, a sub top. Yeah, I think oh, so. I yeah. think he's a sub top. Okay. That's right. what I was thinking. Right. He is okay. a strong, silent type. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, like, yeah, you get like the mountain vibes, like from yeah. Game of Thrones, like big. But like, I'll yeah, explain what a right. subtop is later, Mom. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Freddy Krueger. We're going through the basics right now. These guys, Freddy oh, Krueger. He's yeah. a freak. Mm-hmm. For he is sure. a freak. I bet he's got a foot fetish. Mm. He's definitely see- got his hands hand fetish. He likes to get yeah. his nails. Yeah, dead. yeah. No, he, I- he's into props yeah. for sure. Like mm-hmm. he's a prop queen. Um, mm. Definitely, he's, it's like he wants some drama in the. He bedroom. likes he, toys. He's into toys. Yes. Like okay. Has, yeah. He seems very wily. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, Jaws, the the shark from Jaws. Bruce. Bruce. Bruce yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the mechanical shark. Or <laughs> no, uh, the character that the, sh- the mechanical shark plays. Okay. Um. um strict oral. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a biter. <laughs> A little bit, a couple of nibbles. A little um, toothy. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know what? We'll go down on you. You know what I mean? Not afraid to go yeah, down on a lady at all. No. Especially can... when they're on their period. Anyways. <laughs> He's drawn to it, honestly. Yeah, you can that sniff chum. that out. Yeah. Mm. Mm, shark gonna eat. Shark gonna eat. Uh, pinhead. We talked about him earlier. Oh, yeah. Pinhead is definitely into BDSM. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes with his own uh, whips and chains. I think he's a voyeur, though. 
Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's all sorts of, like, one of the best things about the original Hellraiser is just, like, how frequently Pinhead's just standing around. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I love about how the character is portrayed is that it's always just, like, he makes grand declarative statements, and everyone's just like, oh. Because he's like, bring me the one who did this. And you're like, we don't really have to, though, because you're just standing there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think... It's commanding, though. Yeah. He likes to be a voyeur, but do you think he would like to be cuckolded? Like, do you think if he were with someone, Ooh. he would want to be a cuckolded? I don't know. Like, I think he's like, I think yeah. he's like he's he's a little game master. He likes having a bunch okay. of people that he gets to direct around. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do have to take into account that Pinhead always has a posse. He, he like rarely people. travels alone. There's always like other like leather queens around. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> so he throw parties for sure, yeah. mm-hmm. like sex parties. Uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, I love the creature. Yeah. yeah, but it it is a little rapey. Okay, yeah, he does kind of steal that lady. What if we pretend that the lady wants to? She's part of it. It's like a whole. <laughs> so it's, it's the a shape scene. of water. It's a yeah, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. Okay, because I was thinking that maybe the creature of the Black Lagoon could be like a kind of a vegan lipstick lesbian. You know, she's got yeah, those. You know, we have been gendering these all mm-hmm. male. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't actually know the gender of the creature. No. Yeah. It's got those big, or of Jaws. beautiful lips. That's true. We only yeah. think Jaws is male because they call him Bruce. Right. right. But I think that Jaws might actually be female because there are Jaws babies in the sequels. <gasps> yeah. Do, do we just and- crack this wide open? <laughs> yeah. Go straight to the you, top. We're on to you, Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. All right. This one is fun. Annie Wilkes from Misery. Oh. oh. Dom Top. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. yeah. Don't cross that. Bitch. Don't cross that. No. Um, probably bisexual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get by vibes. I would love to have a dom top that would just help me finish my screenplay. <laughs> um, I will tie you up yeah. until you finish your screenplay if you oh. want. And I will <laughs> and I will sledgehammer you. Yeah, I won't do that. Mm. Take that as you will. <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Uh, the birds from the birds. <laughs> um, definitely into group play. <laughs> I was going to say, I think they're like a polyamorous squad that's just like very in your face about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're always like, we're Polly, Polly, Polly. It's like, okay, we <laughs> okay. get it. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I want to join. <laughs> Let me join. Uh, Chucky. You know, I uh, I fucking love Chucky. Mm-hmm. Chucky's one of my favorite uh, horror characters, period, because he's so fun and also mm-hmm. uh, created by a gay man. Uh, I... I think that Chucky, honestly, is probably more vanilla than people think. He's married. Oh, yeah, it's true. true. Yeah, but he frequently is, like, willing to step out on Tiffany. So, like, maybe they're swingers. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, you know, because we talk about this a lot, too. Like, a lot of people who are, like, more boisterous in their real lives are, like, a little more... A little timid. Yeah, more reserved in their sex life. And then vice versa. Like, the quiet ones are always the freaky ones. You Mm, know what I mean? So, yeah, there might be something to that. Get you as all who can do both. Ooh. Okay. All right, um, the nun or uh, Valak. Oh, I haven't seen from this the one. Conjuring movies. I mean, like, I'm gonna say that all that rage comes from uh, like eight, n- no sex at all. Repression, like, yeah, repression. Because she's yeah. she is a nun. She's a nun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, got it. But if she could but, just let that freak flag fly, yeah, she's ready. But do you think how? Well, she is allowed. She is married to Jesus, technically. What do you think? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> what do you do you think she? How do you think she fucks Jesus? Is what I'm asking. You. Wow. And here's where the letters come in. Question. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I told you. Oh, she's, <laughs> you were warned. I was ready <laughs> with a strap on. Obviously, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Got I it. think the nun. Jesus is... likes to be pegged. We yeah. all know this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Do not cut that out. I'm not going to touch <laughs> that. That's not going to touch that at all. Um, uh, Haley, I want to direct this oh. towards you. The Alien Queen. Oh, oh gosh. Um, you know there is a type of uh, lesbian who is. Is kind of like the the den mother of all the other lesbians. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she she would be kind of like that. I mean, for obvious reasons, because she is the queen, the and, queen. and the mother. Um, but yeah, I, she's the one who like she's the type of lesbian who like always organizes the group. Like she's the one who, when y'all go out and get drunk, and there's that one really drunk friend, she's like really annoyed, but she gets everyone home. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's who she is. Okay. Um, as far as sexually. I go, I mean, she's a top for sure. Yeah. For sure. No question. Yeah. No question at all. Uh, and I think we should wrap it up with our favorite, the Babadook. Mm. Uh, I think the Babadook uh, is 
just willing to experience it all. The Babadook is new to the queer community. Verse. Verse. W- ready verse. to yeah. ready to discover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? What do you think's under that cloak? <laughs> oh. You mean the Diane Keaton drag that the Babadook wears? <laughs> 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 um, We've talked about Diane Keaton. She does love She's gloves. A She's yeah. a total top. Total yeah. top. Yeah. But I think the Babadook, though. Is a, I think you're right. I think yeah. the Babadook is verse. Mm-hmm. I, I think, could. yeah, the Babadook is just like... DTF. Mm-hmm. The Babadook right? is like wide eyed and ready. The, mm-hmm. the world is the Babadook's oyster. Mm-hmm. He's there. Ha- he's there in that basement when he's ready for you when you want him. To mm-hmm. reference another one of our episodes, he's like a chicken, right? Yes, he's a like little a spring n- chicken. New, young, gay, just excited and yeah. excited to try stuff out. Wow, that oh. term I have not heard in a long time yeah. <laughs> because I am no longer a chicken. <laughs> 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 I'm an, I'm a dead rooster yeah. at this point. <laughs> oh, no. um, oh my god, I love it. So um, tell me, what is next for both of you on the horizon in addition to uh, more episodes of We're Not Together? Um, Yeah, I'm working on a couple pilots. Um, One is, uh, I like to call it the L word meets Broad City. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think one, one thing about lesbian content is it often tends to be like, very demure glances from across the room and like very uh, dramatic. And I think that Down Abbey being one of them. Right. Yeah. I think that yeah. like we can have very. something, just a com- you know, comedy. We can have like, we don't need to take our content so seriously, you right. know? Um, and then I'm also working on another pilot that's a workplace comedy at a crematorium. Um, oh. Again. The best place to fall oh, in love, yeah, honestly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. best place to have a workplace comedy. Oh my right. god, Tent- like just uh, all the like just hormones are flying there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> all the time. Um, and then, yeah, we've mentioned this, but Zach and I and a couple other friends are working on a on a uh, animated pilot. Yeah, kind so. of like a Comedy Central Adult Swim sort of vibe uh, adult cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So BoJack Horseman meets animals. Meets like Sesame Street. Meets Sesame Street. Yeah. Yeah. I, but then separately, I am um, I am wrapping up. I'm writing a stage play, a musical stage play um, about the electrocution of Tops the Elephant. Oh. Um, yeah. It's a comedy with, uh, you know, Edison, Tesla, all your favorites. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tesla's yeah. electrifying. He is. Yeah. He's got a whole uh, number all about that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, and then just uh, hopefully sending monkey's paw around more places excellent yeah well uh from things that you're making to things that you're watching uh what have you been reading or uh viewing that inspires you what are you liking these days i am halfway through piercing by rumi Arkami. Mm. um he he wrote audition uh, if, if you've ever seen that movie um, i sure have yeah it's fantastic it's super fucking weird um and it just starts off with um a guy who's just had a baby and he has this overwhelming desire to stab it with an ice pick um and he's trying to quell that that terror inside of him and it's it's so fucked up and i'm really excited to see where it goes (laughs) (laughs) that's dope Mm. and that's a book it's a book but actually a a movie um is coming out very soon with uh, mia valjakovsky or however you say that um yeah Cool. The last book I read was actually It, yeah? which took nice. me for fucking ever, but it's so great. I had actually never read a Stephen King book before, and it's like really fantastic. And um, one of the last really, I think the last really great movie I saw in theaters that like really blew me away was Sorry to Bother You. Mm-hmm. I love Sorry to Bother You, and it's I've been so talking good. about it for months. I think it was one of the best movies of the last year. I agree, yeah. And, and it's, talk about like <laughs> twists and turns and like, just totally like taking things and flipping them on their head and just mm-hmm. playing around with genre and stuff. I mean, it was really, really great. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's definite horror in that. I, For sure. I, I listed mm-hmm. it in uh, my ten favorite horror films of last year. Yeah. Even if people don't all agree that. Also, it is. How, I will agree with you. How excited are we for us though? I cannot wait. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean. <sighs> Anything Jordan Peele does, yeah. I'm a huge That's fan. Twilight so Zone, holy fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Cannot wait. Yeah. Uh, all good things and all definitely things that the audience should check out. Uh, and speaking <laughs> of checking things out, uh, where can people find you? Well, uh, you can find our podcast uh, on the Reverie app, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, our Instagram is at NotTogetherPodcast and our Twitter is at NotTogetherCast. Do you want to plug your own? Oh, sure. Yeah. And then I'm at, <laughs> at Zach Ogre, Z-A-C-K-O-G-R-E. 
Cool. Yeah. And um, I'm at um, Haley underscore Manrique, which is H-A-L-E-Y underscore M-A-N-R-I-Q-U-E. Do you want to plug your dog's Instagram too? (laughs) (laughs) No, she's a very private dog. Okay, fair enough. Completely understood. (laughs) Well, thank you both for coming on today and for joining me on this crossover episode. I've had such a good time. Yeah, this was so fun. Thanks for having us. We'll have to have you on our show for sure we really want to talk specifically about queer and media and you know and horror we get to ask the questions (laughs) i'm ready and uh we can once again be dead together oh so yes listeners please check out we're not together as well as track down the short films mentioned by both Mm -hmm. of these amazing artists i'm so grateful that they were here today uh thank you again both so much thank you thanks for having us I'm Michael Verratti, and this has been Dead for Filth, yours always in glam and gore. Good night, and good luck. Dead for Filth is a Reverie original podcast, executive produced by Aaliyah J. Daniels, LaShawn McGee, Chris Rodriguez, and Damian Pelliccione. The show is produced by Drew Phillips and sound engineered and edited by Josh Perkins. Download the Reverie app and use the code FILTH for 25% off your first three months. <laughs>